Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton, Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Just before we go to our headliner, Louis DeBras, Jason has uh, tweeted at me. I asked the question, uh, do, now that you've had a few days to decompress, do the analytics uh, perhaps reveal, you know, the Oilers uh, didn't get enough stops and didn't get the bounces? Or are stats for losers? Jason has tweeted, the team got unlucky. No two ways about it. However, a team with a deeper, better blue line, a real third line center, a less stubborn coach, five or six top six players instead of three and a rookie, better scoring depth and five on five play and not Mike Smith may have been able to overcome those uh, bounces and lack of luck. Two are winners now. Headliner for touchback safety. Touchback remains open for training, taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. It is truculent Thursday. We go Louis DeBras, Brian Burke, and George LaRock. Doesn't get better than that. Louis, how are you? I'm doing well today, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Uh, could you imagine if we could sell your drive home from the building after <laughs> our, yeah, our conversations? conversations are similar to the ones we have on the bus a lot of times after games. You know, getting to an airport or going back to the hotel, it's... Uh, Pretty animated? You know, yeah, I'd say they're fairly animated. No question yeah. about it. Fairly similar to what I'm sure the fans calling in feel after games and on most nights. And yeah. you know whether it's a win or loss, you're always trying to break down a game and, and and figure out where it could have gone differently in situations. And that's just part of the business is trying to process that and and look at areas that you can dissect and and talk about. You're an Oilers, uh, former Oilers player. You're an Oilers broadcaster on top of being a national broadcaster. You have had a few days to assess it. You were in the building. Uh, I was at Ched. Uh, what did you see? What went wrong for Edmonton? Well, to be honest with you, I think it was a bunch of things. But, I, you know, first and foremost, I think they, they got up against an opponent that was just a little faster, a little hungrier than they were in the series and opportunistic there's no question about that 
Uh, I don't think they took Chicago lightly by any means. They're, I think they came into the series understanding that the Hawks were a team that had veteran players that had won cups and a lot of young, talented players that were going to push the issue. Uh, I don't think they expected them to be as sound defensively as they were, though, and okay. you know, move the puck up the ice as quickly as they did. Uh, listen, it's, it, when you lose in the playoffs and you lose in this being the first round, the qualifying round, whatever you want to call it, call it to get into the playoffs, there's going to be questions. There's going to be certain questions that are asked when a, a 12 seed beats a 5 seed, um, a team that was second in the division when the, the season got paused, and th- th- rightfully so, there should be questions, but I think to a man, they didn't defend well enough, number one. I don't think they got the big saves when they needed them, number two. Uh, I, I think that they played a team that was quicker on pucks than them in all three zones, and it showed. It showed with the chances against them, the way that they had to play. Um, the talented players on Edmonton, listen, look at the stat leaders right now. Connor McDavid is still tied for first in points in four games. Dreisaitl is 10th. They're tied for sixth with eight other players. Um, and Nugent Hopkins is third. I mean, the, the, the top three players for Edmonton put up points. I mean, they, 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 they scored enough goals to win games. When I look at the games that they lost, they just didn't defend well enough. And that, to me, is a, a problem moving forward they're going to have to address. Louis, there are some people out there that have suggested that uh, the Oilers' top guys uh, weren't ready to lead Edmonton uh, to victory in the season uh, in the series. Um, I personally feel it. I mean, put it this way: if the Oilers had lost three games by a score two one or three two, and Connor and Leon each only had one goal in the series and went minus four, be a lot easier to criticize those guys for the failure of the team. But given the structural flaws that were inherited by Ken Holland when he took the job, I think it's it's a little bit further down the list that leadership from their big boys was a primary issue for the failure of the team. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Uh, no question. I I don't think that was the problem. I don't think that was the issue at all. Um, personally, myself. I mean, watching the games, I, I'm sorry. I mean, when McDavid comes out and has the performance he had in game two, Dreisaitl had six points, albeit three and three in two different games. Nugent Hopkins, there's only one of him, and obviously not being on the line with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto to start off, he played with McDavid, and he put up eight points. Uh, I mean, just... Uh, again, I look at it and I say, when, it, when, it, when you look at the matchup game that they had to play against a young, hungry Chicago team, um, they just got outplayed in situations. They really did. And there's just no getting around that. Um, they looked slow in the defensive zone. They took unnecessary penalties because of that lack of pace, uh, that urgency. Uh, they were undisciplined. And, and first and foremost, let's, the fact that they've been off for five months before they started playing these games, I, I think you have to take everything that's happening in these playoffs with a little bit of a grain of salt. Because, And I'm not making excuses for anybody, but the games that I've been doing and the games that I've been watching, it's incredible to me that some teams have come in and been able to pick right back up where they left off or even have a, uh, like a rejuvenated life, so to speak. And that's the Hawks and that, that is example a team that was on the outside looking in and were playing with house money they came in free they came in skating and they won the series you have to take your hat off to them for that um some players adjust better than others after the break to come in and be able to play their game but there's no question that you got up against a team that seemed to want it just a little bit more than they did and they won it we're joined by louis debrusque from nhl hockey and rogers bob Stoffer, brennan escott with you and Oilers now louis i hate to be the guy to point to goalie 
because it's too simple, right? And yep. goaltending was part of, like, the team improved uh, the team save percentage from 896 to 905 this season. So they took a step forward. They were middle of the pack. They were 14th in the league in, in uh, save percentage. It played a factor in the Oilers having a better 2019-20 than they had 2018-19. Was the old Oilers goaltending good enough? And can you come back with both Koskinen and, and Smith? I'm sorry, I lost you for that last ten seconds. Okay, there, and can you come? Yeah, there, but... are you still there? Can you? Yeah. Was the goaltending yeah. good enough? Was the goaltending good enough? And can you come back with well, Koskinen and Smith? Well, you know what? Anytime you lose a series, you're always going to point to the goaltender, and and you know, for me, it's the types of goals that we're getting scored. A lot of them are very difficult. We're seeing a lot of shots in the blue line, traffic in front, just that simplified attack and scoring. A lot of the goals in these playoffs for me, they're not highlight real goals. Um, so they're, call them garbage if you want. I love those types of goals because that's just going to work. And, you know, coming into this tournament, coming into the qualifying round and now into the playoffs, you and I both talking about it felt that defending was going to be the key. If your team is playing the right way in front of goaltenders, they're not facing the types of shots and bounces that they typically would. But at the same time, some are going to get through. And so you can erase some of those ones. Um but no question, goaltending need to be better. You look at it, it's just there's just you can't deny that they needed bigger saves at bigger moments. And you know, Mike Smith struggled in the first game. It was one of those games that got out of control early. A fumbled puck, bounce off the back of his leg. Next thing you know, it gives the momentum. Bang, bang. Um, he, you know, he made some big saves too. But those few that got by him kind of set the tone of the game, and they really couldn't recover from that. Uh, to me. Uh, it's always about goaltending. You know, unfortunately, that's why it's the most important position on every team, respectively. It's always about goaltending for me. If your goaltender is giving you a chance to win, then you just have a different mentality going into each and every game. Um, and they didn't get the big saves when they did. I mean, there's just no way you can turn around and look at that. But they also, in my opinion, um, didn't really help out their goaltenders too much, in, in my opinion, in the series. They needed to do a better job in front of them. They needed to do a better job of pushing back. And a lot of times they're on their heels defending a little bit too much, and it costs them. Louie, uh, speaking of goaltending, in 97, you guys finished 23 points behind the Dallas Stars. They were plus over plus 50 goals, four goals against, and goal differential. You guys were above, you know, you were plus five that year, but you weren't plus 50. They were an overwhelming favorite. You beat them in seven. And Curtis Joseph was a big factor as to why he ended up winning prime that example. series. Prime right? example. Goaltenders right. can steal games, and they can steal series, and they can take you very far in the playoffs all the way to the Stanley Cup. And, really Croft. It's re- and, and you know, it's we've talked about this before. It's, without a doubt, the absolute most important position on the hockey team. And if there is a seed of doubt in your mind about your goaltenders, that's just not a good thing. And I played on teams where there was that, and I played on teams where there wasn't that. And I can tell you that it was a lot different mentality when there wasn't that thought process. When you have the utmost confidence in your goaltenders, um, you just play a certain way. You play loose, you, you play free. And I'm not sitting here trying to say that I don't think the team believed in Smith or Costco. Both of those guys gave great goaltending throughout this year. Just in this short and five-round series, it was so vital to get out of the gates and have a real solid performance early on. Um, they did come back and tie the series 1-1, but listen, the, the Hawks just continued to push. I don't want to totally point out goaltending as the only reason they lost. Yeah. I don't think they were deep enough. I don't think they were skilled enough depth-wise. And I certainly don't think that they defended well enough. And they were they were slow. The one thing that Edmonton has tried to do is get faster, and they have done that in some regards. But against a very quick, 
Chicago Blackhawks team, I thought they looked slow in a lot of situations. They were getting well, beat to pucks, and they were losing puck battles because of that speed. Over the course of a series in the four games they played, that wears you down, and it was evident. All right. Well, let's cut. Let's get to the defense here. We're joined by Louis DeBrusque right now. Bob Stoffer uh, and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers now. Louis DeBrusque is our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety. So, Larson and Clefbaum, Louis, you, you were out at uh, uh, training camp. They didn't look great in training camp. They looked a little sluggish out there. Uh, Darnell, at times, I think, uh, got a little flustered. And Ethan Bear got cross-checked into the boards headfirst from behind in game four. Turned the puck over on the game-winning goal against a world-class player that's a first ballot Hall of Famer, may I add. And uh, and Leon blew the coverage and defensive support on that play. And Leon would be the first to admit that he's got to make a better play there. Their top four wasn't good enough in this series. But... But, again, off the ice for five months. We don't know what's going on with the guys in Sweden. Uh, None of them are in their 30s. And I tip my hat to a guy like Chris Russell who was injured before we got into the break. And he and Matt Benning were the first couple guys out on the ice every day along with uh, 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 Alex Chason in Phase 3. And I thought all three of those guys looked pretty good. You mentioned the pause. I mean, I'm watching St. Louis. That's not the same team that we saw going into the break. I'm watching Dallas, and uh, they have not put it together yet. And by the way, I took Calgary to beat Dallas. So where I'm going with this is how do you equate the fact that the the defense struggled in transition, had some guys that looked a little off, uh, and team's uh, defensive support, which would include the forwards, wasn't there. Do you need to change out that top four, or do you need to factor in that they've been off the ice for a while? That's a really good question, and I'm sure Ken Holland's asking himself that question right now. Uh, was this a, a byproduct of a five-month break and guys just not being quite in tune to play uh, and a team that maybe was a little bit more in tune to play in the series, in reality coming in? Uh, you have to take that into consideration. That's why I'm saying I don't think it's the all-panic button yet, but there certainly were some deficiencies there, and I think they have to be addressed. Um I just think they were too stationary. I really do. I don't think they pressed enough. When they did press, they took some penalties they didn't need to take. For me, the game is a quick game. It's a fast game. That's not just on the offense. That's on the defense as well, too. The the more mobile you are and the quicker you can skate, the quicker you can get to loose pucks, quicker with your sticks on pucks and winning 50-50 battles, that all adds up in the course of 60 minutes in a hockey game. It just does. I mean, the good teams are relentless on pucks, and they never, ever give up. For me, that's where they that's where they lost a lot of the battles. And that was in the defensive zone where it really stood out for me. When you're giving second, third opportunities, when you're turning pucks over for that quick strike attack, the game-winning goal to finish the series off by Kubelik is a prime example. Jonathan Taves, as you mentioned, wins that battle, and he makes a great pass, and it's a quick shot, bang, it's in the net. It's bang, bang because of that effort and tenacity on the puck, and they won that battle. Um, it's a game of inches. It really is. It's incredible how how different a game can be if you win some of those battles and you get the break that you're looking for and you get the opportunity and convert on it. It can be a totally different game. They scored enough goals to win. I'll keep saying that. They scored enough. I truly believe that where they failed was defending, and that goes. that's a complete team effort. I'm not just right, leaning on the right. defense, although they needed to be a lot better. They were, they were sluggish in the series, and it showed. But... That's a whole team effort. That's five men coming back, defending in the zone, and your goaltender needs to be better, and that's where they lost the series. We're joined by Louis DeBras. Louis, Zach Cassie and Andreas Athanasio, neither guy made themselves part of the series. They started the training camp on the first and second line. Um, 
I'm not going to give Zach yeah. a free. I'm not going to give Zach a free pass. He's come a long way as a player, but I will ask you this: Like Chicago did not want to physically engage in that series. I, I, I know they threw a couple big hits, like Doc finished off Tyler Ennis for the series on a big hit. Ennis caught a run on that play. Um, and they you missed know, Ennis, by the way. That was a guy they, they missed in the lineup. That was that speed and jump that he provided. He was digging into the series, and that was that was a that was a big loss for them. That was that really was. But did the Oilers not impose their physical? Could they have imposed their physical will? I mean, obviously, part of it was quickness of pace. But it was also the way Chicago played. Like, you watch Calgary. What happened at the start of the Calgary-Winnipeg series before Mark yep. Scheifele ever got hit? What happened? Who tried to get who to go first shift of the game? Matthew Kachuk, Blake Wheeler. It's, but here's the thing. And you know what? Jeff Ward actually came out with a, a quote today, or it was yesterday, sorry, in his press conference that I, you know, I love. Because he said, playing defensively doesn't take talent. And, I, I mean, I, I agree and disagree with that a little bit. I do believe talent can be so effective defensively. But it's, it takes desire and will to do it. It takes a will to play a certain way. That literally means buying into a mentality that you're going to do whatever it takes to win the hockey game. And you can say it. It's an entirely different thing to do it. And I know that in the, in the flows of a game sometimes you get lost in in your mindset and trying to do different things and get pucks in the, you, you watch the game and you say, why wasn't that puck chipped in deep? What was that player thinking in that situation coming to the neutral zone? There's a lot of things that are going through your mind in a hockey game. And there's a lot of pressure on the ice, the speed, the pace. It looks a lot easier from where we sit, I can tell you that. Because I've been down on the ice level and up in the press box, and I wish I could play the game like I see it in the press box. I'd probably still be playing. But, you know... It's a totally different animal down there. But at the same time, you have to have a committed effort, undeniably, to do the right things. And I just don't think Edmonton did that. I don't think that Edmonton bought into chipping the puck in, putting it into corners, crushing defensemen, leaning on them at shift after shift after shift, and building up that momentum in that regard. And until they buy into that, and with the right personnel buy into that, it's going to be a struggle because other teams that may not be as skilled or talented that have the will to play that way are going to beat you more often than not. Yeah, the skill will prevail from time to time, no question. But overall, in the long run, they're going to continue to take pieces of you each and every shift and each and every period and each and every game. And it adds up in the course of a series in the playoffs. Look at the St. Louis Blues. That's what they did last year. They took a pound of flesh every single game. They played against an opponent, and after every single series, the opposition was way more banged up than they were. They were a hard, grueling team to play against, and they have tons of skill. I'm not saying they're without skill. They're a highly skilled team. But there's a commitment to playing a certain way. And that's Craig Berube. Craig Berube, every single time, finish a check. Every single time, try and get a piece of somebody. After the whistle, give somebody a shot. Give somebody a cross check. It's a mentality. And when you buy into that, great things can happen. Listen, I mean, we can dissect this series with the Hawks over and over and over again, but... In essence, what it really boils down to is they came with a little bit more effort, a little more tenacity, a little more hunger, and they ended up winning the series. There you go. Uh, and goaltending plays a factor. You saw that yesterday, your son's game, Boston against Carolina. Uh, you know what? The, the, the Hurricanes got four. You know, their, their D can move the puck. They scored a couple goals yesterday, a couple of the unheralded guys, but they can really transition it up, up the ice. But the one area Boston's got a clean, clear advantage, Louis. Tuka Rask. Versus yeah, no Morazic. 
right? their defensive structure. There's no question the Bruins play a real stingy game. They make it come through them in layers every single zone. That's when they're playing their best. And they got off to a sluggish start, too, much yes. like the St. Louis Blues. Um, their round robin, round, sorry, round robin was not pretty. So it's, a, it's an example, again, of a team that was working their way into their better game. And I think, obviously, the game against the uh, Hurricanes was their best game so far in the round robin in the first game of the playoffs. Um, but again, another team that, you know, plays that type of a mentality where they don't stretch out. They don't take many risks. They, they really do stay tight as a five-man unit up and down the ice, like five of dice. It's just that's the mentality they want to have everywhere they go, and they attack in layers and they defend in layers. And that's very difficult to generate against. That's one of the, why they're one of the best defensive teams in the league is the way they, they, they defend. And going into this tournament, um, multiple people that I talked to before starting to do the games, the one common theme that came up was the team that was willing to defend and really were willing to dig in and give the extra effort on the defensive side of the puck was going to have success. And as we've seen what's happened here in the playoffs so far, that's true. Louie, awesome stuff. Always appreciate your time. Have a good broadcast tonight. All right, Bob. Take care. That is Louis DeBrus for Touchback Safety. He's our Oilers now headliner. Touchback remains open for training, taking all necessary precautions to ensure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sure, the safety of their staff and clients. It's 1254 in Edmonton. Back at 1257 with the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Subscribe to the Oilers Now Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. And it's 12.57 in Edmonton to the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury injury Lawyers. That's James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang. JamesHBrown.com want you to stay safe and stay positive. Back at the 6.30 Chad Studios, the one and only Brendan Escott. All right, former Oiler Taylor Fadoon will draw in for Stephen Johns on Dallas's back end tonight. Uh, Johns unfit to play after leaving the series opener on Tuesday. Hurricanes defenseman Sammy Votnin missed yesterday's game, replaced by Jake Gardner. He is a game-time decision considered day-to-day right now, as is uh, Stars goaltender Ben Bishop, who backed up Anton Hudobin in Game 1 against Calgary. Stars coach Rick Bonus saying that he had a good practice yesterday, will be an option. Canes forward uh, Justin Williams, a game-time decision there. Brian Little's career a bit in question as he continues uh, prolonged recovery from a perforated eardrum that cost him the rest of the season after November 5th. 32-year-old said he's as in the dark as most people about his timeline for injury. And Bob, uh, just as we were getting on the air today, uh, head coach Claude Julien of Montreal uh, admitted to hospital. It sounds like he's going to be okay, but a heart issue there late last night. So it'll be Kirk Muller behind the bench for the Habs the rest of the way. And uh, Ian Herbers and myself will both attest, and Wayne Gretzky uh, will attest to what a great guy Kirk Muller is. Uh, Kirk's a fantastic person. Weathers GM Texas on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, the Rangers aren't trading Lafreniere. Uh, they are setting goal and defense 
So why would they trade him for another forward? It doesn't make any sense, especially with Lafreniere being on an ELC. Fair, look, I'm just saying that there is an outside possibility. Never say never. Rangers have got Panarin and Kreider on left wing. Um, certainly, they got Zabanajet at center and Strom. If they drop down two spots, what else could they get? Food for thought, because at three, did I get Byfield? Do the LA Kings pass on Quentin Byfield? Do they get Marco Rossi? Like, I think they need a center more than they need wing. And and I agree, Lafreniere is a, a stud. Now, Quentin Byfield might have a higher long-term ceiling. Time will tell. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack when we come back on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.